Good morning. How y'all doing? Y'all welcome our online audience as they log on today. Good morning, guys. Man, we're having a great Sunday here. Just had a great time in the presence of God. And man, I'm excited about the word today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, uh, the past few weeks, just to give you a recap, we've been in this series for the past two Sundays called God Encounters. And where the whole premise, the basis of this, uh, the series is God desires for us to encounter him. And God, nothing more than anything but God encounters, that's what truly changes us. Because we can look back at those times where you've had an encounter with God that it just shook you. And you can always go back to that time where I remember this time I was in this place at this spot. And I remember God spoke to me or God touched me or God healed me or God saved me. We can always go back to those God encounters where we can say, man, God did something in my heart. And I believe that those God encounters, <clears throat> they can compel us. They uh, compel us to draw, draw closer to God, to have even more God encounters. Amen? And today, uh, we talked about God encounters last week. Today, I want to talk to you something about that can hinder your God encounters. This is something that can hinder your God encounters. And I'm sitting down today. You say, why are you sitting down today? Because today, I wanted to have more of a conversation with you. Not, I don't want to preach to you today. I don't, I don't really ever preach to you. But I don't want to preach to you today. I want to talk to you today and have a conversation with you today. Because what we're talking about today is something that each and every one of us do every single day. We have thoughts and conversations. So the title of this message today is Thoughts and Conversations. We talked about God encounters last week. You want to know what hinders your God encounters? Thoughts and conversations. Thoughts and conversations can very well hinder your God encounters. And, you know, there's not a single second of the day that goes by that, you don't either, that you're not either in thought or in conversation. Or sometimes you're in conversation and you're in thought. You could be in both. Some of you, you haven't, you haven't thoughts right now about what I'm talking about. Where is he going with this? Your self-talk is talking to you. Those are your thoughts. There's not one single second that goes by that you don't have a thought and conversation. And once we understand the true power of our thoughts and the conversations that we have, we will begin to take our thoughts and conversations that more seriously. But I feel like sometimes we're just so free and so loose with our thoughts and conversations that we don't realize how much that they really do affect us. And so today, I want to break that down today, and we're going to just go a little bit further. So if you're watching online, if you're taking notes in the building, the title of today's message is Thoughts and conversations. Y'all can write that down. Thoughts and conversations. Also, if you have the app, all the notes uh, for the New Life Church app, uh, you can get the, the notes. They're right there. You can follow along on the app. Uh, you, if you don't have the app, you can download that later, and you can get all the notes right there. But just want to let you know that the, the notes are there as well. But let's open up in prayer, then we'll read our verse, and then we'll get into it. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for today. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts to receive Thank you so much for who you are, and teach us the importance of our thoughts and conversations, and just give us something new today. Draw us deeper in revelation of who you are and understanding of ourselves so we can better have God conversations and guard ourselves against wrong thoughts and wrong conversations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thoughts and conversations. So I said, I want this to be more of a conversation with you this morning, so that's why I'm seated. But man, how many of y'all enjoy a good conversation? 
That's a lot of hands in the room went up. Some of y'all like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be by myself. That's me sometimes. I just kind of like, I'm an introvert, so I like to isolate, so I got to force myself. Go talk, go talk, go talk, go talk to people. But man, but there's nothing like a good conversation, though. You ever get in, in, entangled into a good conversation, boy, you're like, ooh, man, the hours just flew by. You're sitting on the phone, and if you were d- dating your spouses at one point or another, when y'all were dating, y'all on the phone all night, falling asleep with the phone next to your pillow and all that, you up, I'm up, you up, yeah, you up too. And it's like a good conversation. It's like there's nothing like a good conversation. Man, a good conversation can shake you out of something. A good conversation can make you realize, man, I've been, I need to tighten up. Sometimes a good conversation, is, it can it give you such a, a fire and a passion to do. Sometimes it's like you've been thinking about starting a business or something. You get in a good conversation. Someone encourage you to start that business. Why don't you step out and do it? You know what? I think I can. You can do it. And, boy, you excited because that's a good conversation. And we all desire this. And we're going to talk more about good conversations in a minute. But what I want to highlight in the beginning part is this, is that there's some thoughts that come from us because of bad conversations. You ever had a thought in your mind that you're like, where did this thought come from? This doesn't even, this doesn't even sound like me. Like, I, I would never think this. Where did that come from? Sometimes you can trace it back to a conversation that you had. That's what I want to focus on today. The first scripture I want to read today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And it's on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, we are human but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Y'all say false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. After And after you have become fully obedient, We will punish everyone who remains disobedient. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. And the first thing I want to read this scripture, and I want you to write this down. When we're thinking about thoughts and conversations, the first thing you have to realize is this. There are snakes in the grass. Y'all write that down. Snakes in the grass. There are snakes in the grass. I know that y'all heard that old saying, you got to keep your grass cut so you can identify the snakes. Well, they weren't just talking about your lawn. They was talking about your life. (laughs) Snakes in the grass. We have to identify snakes in the grass. And thinking about this whole subject of thoughts and conversations, why not go back to the original conversation that led to the wrong thoughts? I'm talking about Adam and Eve, the original snake, the serpent. He came to them. In the garden, after God clearly spoke instructions to Adam, God spoke to Adam. Y'all know the story. Hey, you can eat of all the trees in the, uh, of the garden except for this one. Don't eat this one. Okay, God, we got it. Here comes old Slewfoot, that serpent. He comes in, and he goes to Eve. And he says, and I want to read it for you. It's just better to read it. In Genesis chapter 3, you could go back and take a look at it if you want to. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1 through 7, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals, and the Lord God made him. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden 
that we are not allowed to eat. God said we must not eat it or even touch it or we will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted to wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame and nakedness, so they, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So we see that through one conversation, the thoughts got in her mind that Eve was convinced that she wanted the fruit, that it totally wiped out the God encounter that they had before. Through that one conversation, they totally forgot what God had spoken to them. That was a true God encounter because what is that? That God encounter was something to protect them and to save their life. They truly encountered God. God spoke directly to them. But after one conversation, the thoughts got in her mind that I'm convinced that I want this fruit. The fruit that God told me not to eat, after one conversation, the thought got in her mind that convinced her that that's what she needed. And guess what? That's what she did. Now y'all starting to see how important conversations and thoughts are, thoughts and conversations are, because they could totally wipe out God experiences that you just encountered. Can totally wipe you out. Thoughts and conversations are, are very important. The enemy is after your freedom and future, and the easiest way to attack that is to control your thoughts and conversations. The easiest way the enemy to, for the enemy to take you out is to control your thoughts and conversations, because what is he after? He's after your future, and he's after your freedom. That's what he's after. He can't. He can, he could kind of control you right now. But what the enemy knows is that he knows that God has a future for you. But he's trying to hinder you to get to your future. So what he does is he tries to get in your thoughts and conversations so it can tear you away from your freedom that will destroy your future. Thoughts and conversations. Whenever you get serious about pursuing God and freedom, expect the enemy to attack your thoughts and conversations. As, I'm, as my name is Mario Spann, as soon as you get serious about pursuing the Lord, just go ahead and expect some attacks from the enemy on your thoughts and conversations because he's going to try to do everything that he can to keep you from freedom and to keep you from your future, your future in God. He doesn't have a future in God, so guess what? He wants to do everything he can to keep you from your future because God, each and every person in here say, I have a future. You do have a future. And guess what? The enemy's after your future. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to do that through your thoughts and your conversations. Whenever you experience something real in God, the enemy will send someone or something to cause you to doubt what God did is real. This is, comes in the form of invoking toxic information irrelevant to what you've experienced. Think about this. You had a true God encounter. You, oh boy, God moved in this place. God moved in my heart. Then the devil sent somebody to come send some toxic information that's totally irrelevant to the experience that you just had with God. You're like, what in the world does that have to do with what I just encountered? It has nothing to do with it. But all it's trying to do is get in your thoughts and your conversations so you can begin to negate, negate what God really did in your life. Well, did God really do that? Was that really real? I'll give you an example of that. You can have a good experience with God. God speaks to your heart. You start telling someone about that, and then they say, hmm. That's why I don't go to church because they always trying to control you. I don't, I don't, I don't go to church because because the church folks they just as worse as the people in the world. That has nothing to do 
with what you just experienced in God. But all it is is toxic information that's trying to deter you from what God just did in your life. So now what you do is you start thinking about what they said versus the experience you just had with God. So now y'all see how it's trying to rob you of your God encounters, thoughts and conversations. You have to be careful of that. And when you begin to highlight the toxic information, what you do is you bring yourself to a place of confusion, and you eventually convince yourself that that God moment didn't even happen. It wasn't even real because you've highlighted the toxic information. This is what you have to know about toxic people. Toxic people will always try to control you. But when they realize they can't control you, what they'll do is they'll try to control how others view you. That's what they'll do. So they'll start going around telling other people things about you to try to get them to look at you differently. So what does that do? You feel like, why are everybody attacking me? Now you focus on the toxic thing that's going on, and you're forgetting about God, and you're trying to figure out, why are people talking bad about me? Why are people don't want to talk? What, what's going on? Now all this is is the enemy sending someone to try to attack your God encounter, to attack your future and your freedom, to get you so caught up on that that you totally forget about the God experience that you just had. But what you have to do is highlight the God experience, and you have to spotlight the toxic information, or expose it so you can get rid of it. Because immediately, as soon as you can expose the toxic information, you can cast that down, but you highlight the God encounter. We have to reverse it. We can't just highlight the the toxic information and, and hold on to that. No, no, no. We expose that. No, devil. You get out of here with those conversations and those thoughts. I cast that down. I expose that lie. And then I highlight what I just experienced in God. That's what we have to do. That's how you combat when the enemy tries to send toxic things your way. You know, Judas didn't start off betraying Jesus. When I think about it, Judas didn't start off as a disciple and say, you know what, I think I'm going to betray Jesus. I think that sounds like a good idea. No, what happened was he started having conversations with the religious leaders that, ta- that, that turned his thoughts towards Jesus. Now, we're talking about the Son of God. Some of you are like, ooh, I would never betray Jesus. Be careful. There's a little Judas in all of us. Be careful. But what happened was he started having conversations with those religious leaders. And sooner or later, his thoughts towards Jesus start turning. Next thing you know, he's looking for ways to betray Jesus. So all the God, think about all the things he experienced firsthand. All the miracles he saw all the people healed, all those things he saw. But because of conversations, toxic conversations, they turned his thoughts towards Jesus. And eventually he betrayed him. So that goes to show you that your outward affection for Jesus doesn't mean anything. That doesn't really tell the true experience what's going on in your heart. So we have to make sure that, hey, in my heart, is my thoughts and my conversation, are they not, are they toxic? Because if they are, I need to expose that so I can highlight the God encounters in my life to keep the, because those are real. Those are things I need to highlight. I need to expose the toxic information. Amen? Snakes in the grass. Y'all say snakes in the grass. You got to identify them. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things 
that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about things that are worthy of praise. So the first thing we did was we identified the snakes in the grass. I think y'all got that, right? Identify the snakes in the grass. Those people trying to come with you with toxic thoughts to cause you to, what? whoa, what is that? No, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about this God encounter. <laughs> we, we identified the snakes in the grass. So the next thing we do is this. We fix our thoughts. Y'all write that down. We identified the snakes in the grass. So the next thing we do is this. We fix our thoughts. Y'all tracking online? Fix your thoughts online. If you're watching online, you got to make sure that you fix your thoughts. So what do we fix our thoughts on? This is the first thing we do. We fix our thoughts on what is true, on what is true. There's a lot of false information out there. You could grab a hold to that if you want to. Fix your eyes or fix your thoughts on what is true. In other words, this means don't worry about things that are beyond your control. Don't worry about things that are beyond your control. Because what I realize about myself is this. I could get myself in trouble when I try to start figuring out things that are beyond my control. There are certain things that are beyond my control that, I, hey, you know what? I can't control this. I can't do anything about it. But I could fix my thoughts on it so much that it could get me off track. But you have to focus on what is true. In Psalms 131 verse 1, it says, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. What is that? I'm not worrying about things I can't control. Sometimes we just have to get it. We just have to come to realization to ourselves is this, is that, you know what? I can't control this. I need to let it go. Sometimes you could, it could do you a world of good just to say, you know what? Just let it go. Don't hold on to it. Because trying to control every situation, you'll find yourself in a world of trouble. You'll confuse yourself. You'll wear yourself. You'll tire yourself out. The fastest way to get tired, start trying to worry about some things you can't control. Boy, you'll get so tired and emotionally drained. Ooh, I'm just tired of thinking about this. Why? Because you can't control it. Let it go. Think about things that are true. What are some other things that are true? When you concern yourself with things too great, you begin to live in fantasies and delusions. When you begin to hold on to things that aren't true, you begin to latch on things that aren't true, and you create these fantasies and delusions in your life. Every one of us has been there before. I remember back in the day, this was years, years ago, I remember we were coming up in the youth ministry, and they would always tell us, hey, you need to write down the list of traits that you want in a spouse. Y'all ever heard that before? Just write down what you want in a spouse and, and just pray on it, and God will, will give it to you. Well, people was writing down everything. I'm talking about five pages full of things, front and back of, it's like, well, you got to create that person. That person don't exist. But we begin to write these things down so much that, in your mind, you're so fixated on it. You can't control who, when your spouse is coming. You can't control who they are. But what you can do is fix your eyes on what is true. And what is true is, God, I desire to be more like you. God, I want to, as I draw close to you, you'll reveal to that person who you want it to be. But what happens is we got so fixated on that list that we started living in fantasies and delusions. And now we walk around, oh, that's, ooh, that's, my, my, that's my wife right there. Oh, that's my husband over there. And like, it's like, no, that's not. But you're in such a fantasy and delusion because you didn't got yourself off the truth. Hold on to what is true. That is just one example. There's so many other things that we could get off in fantasy, fantasies and delusions on if we don't hold on to the truth. That's why we need the truth, because the truth is what sets us free. Amen? Fix your eyes on what is true. So what else we fix our thoughts on? We fix our thoughts on what is honorable. What is honorable? When I was thinking about this, 
I was like, praise God that this is a church that's not in scandal. That's honorable. There's a lot of churches can't say that. There's a lot of scandals going on in churches, and it causes a, people in the world to say, I, that's why they don't trust churches, because of what's going on inside the church. But I praise God that there's no scandals going on here in this church. I praise God that the finances of this church are in, uh, in order. That's something that's honorable. I praise God that tomorrow night our, life, our marriage is great, that we're not fighting when we're behind closed doors, we're not putting on a charade in front of y'all, that we truly love each other. That's something that's honorable. And we have to fix our thoughts on what are honorable. What are things that are honorable in your life? What are the things that God has done in your life that you can say, you know what, God, I honor you for this. God, I th honor you that you've given me the breakthrough in my finances that I need. I thank you for that promotion that you gave me. What is that? Fix your eyes on things that are honorable. Don't worry about the things that you can't control. Let's fix our eyes on what is honorable. That's the second thing. We fix our eyes on what is true. We fix our eyes on what is honorable. And the third thing is this. We fix our eyes on what is excellent and worthy of praise. Fix our thoughts on what's worthy and excellent of praise. This is how you combat your thoughts and conversation. You fix your eyes on these things that I'm talking about. Because you get to talking about these things and fixing your thoughts on them, guess what? You forget all about all that toxic stuff because you got so much to, work, to praise God about that you're excited. You define yourself, ooh, I'm excited already. I'm encouraging myself. When you begin to think about the things that God has done in your life, what are the things that's excellent? Man, I praise God that last week somebody got baptized. Boy, you got to think about it. I thank God that for Easter Sunday, an entire family came for the first time, and that whole family got saved. Man, you start thinking about things like that, boy, you get excited, and you begin to praise God. You thank God for the breakthrough in your life, your family members getting saved, coming to know the Lord, and things going on in your life. You get excited and praise God about that. Guess what? All those toxic thoughts, you ain't worried about that because you're praising God. Amen? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I praise God that this church is fulfilling its mission statement, that we're going out, we're making a difference in this community. We're united by truth, developed in relationships to reach the world around us. It's, it's right there on the screen. We're doing that each and every day. A few weeks ago, we had a ladies' boutique. The ladies come in, thought they were going to pay for it, but guess what? All the clothes were free. They were blessed, and we had so many encounters where we were able to pray with ladies, and some husbands even showed up, and we even got a chance to pray with them too. But the point is, this church is making a difference in the community, whether you realize it or not. The buzz is out there. It's going around. Those are things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Y'all, we're united in thought and purpose. Let there be no divisions among us. When people try to come in with their toxic thoughts and, you know, no, 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 we expose that. And we say, let there be no divisions among us. Because in the church, it should be different. We should be united. We should be family. We should be one. We should encourage one another, not tear each other down or try to cause strife or division. If we truly call this place our home or whatever church that is that you call home, let that be your building. Let that be your people. Let there be no divisions among you. Amen? And I praise God that God has given us such a vision that, man, we want to add more people into what we're doing. But as we do that, we have to make sure that there's no division among us. Let us be united in everything that we do. Amen? So we identified the snakes in the grass. Now we fixed our thoughts. 
And this is the next thing I want to talk about. This is how we win the battle. Y'all write that down. Win the battle. You know how you win the battle? You be consistent. You win the battle by being consistent. Being consistent in what? Being consistent in identifying the snakes, exposing them. You win the battle by being consistent in fixing your thoughts on what is true. And the third thing is this. You fix your thoughts or you win the battle by being consistent in healthy conversations. In healthy conversations that combat toxic thoughts that rob your freedom. Toxic conversations are after one thing, your future and your freedom. They're after both. They're not just after, they after both. They're after your freedom and your future. And we need healthy community. Y'all say healthy community. And, you know, we were talking about God encounters. The reason that healthy community is so important is because some people will only have God encounters because of you. Their true God encounter will come because of being in a relationship or a community or a conversation with you. So that's why we have to make sure that we are identifying the snakes in the grass because when people come to us, sometimes they don't know how to reach God, but they can encounter you. When you go to your job, people might not go to church, but guess what? They encounter you. And guess what? In the workplace, in your families, when your families get together for your family functions, when you're in a supermarket or wherever you go, guess what? Instantly, someone can have a God encounter because of you. So that's why we have to identify those things with the snakes in the grass. We have to make sure our thoughts are on what's true and worthy of praise and admirable and honorable. Those things, we have to fix our thoughts on that because somebody's God encounter could be dependent upon you. Healthy community. That's why we need healthy community because you never know each and every Sunday someone different for new from the first time may come in. They need to come into a healthy community. They may need to come encounter you. I praise God for that, a healthy community. And this is for some people in here. And some people, you may be watching online, this may be for you too. If you feel you're always battling in your mind and you lean towards people that battle with toxic thoughts as well, you need to find new circles of friends and foster healthy conversations that lead to healthy thoughts. If every person that you always talk to has negative and toxic thoughts and you feel like I can't get free from this, my thoughts are always weighing me down, you need new circles of friends. You need new circles of friends. Let me tell you this about myself. I do not hold on to relationships or conversations with people that I feel are toxic. As soon as I feel like the conversation is going toxic, I'll change it real quick. If I feel like they just, you know, oh, such and such, said, well, I don't really know about that, but let me tell you what God has done in my life. Well, why are you getting all spiritual? Well, while I'm getting all, the, all of this toxic information, I'm not about to let you spew your toxic information on me. I'm not doing it because I know the trail that that leads to. So we have to say, if your circles of friends are always negative, and if you, this is the worst thing. If you hanging out with your friends and you leave discouraged, are you talking on the phone with them? You're like, man, I can't wait to get off the phone. Or if they call your phone and you're like, oh, Lord, I don't want to talk to them. Today. You might need some new friends. <laughs> it's like you need to get you around some people that will foster healthy conversations that will lead to healthy thoughts. You know, when I meet people for the first time, I don't like to tell them that I'm a pastor. I just like to talk to them. Because usually they'll let all the words out. And at some point, they'll ask me, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 
And then they straighten up real quick. And then they, they oh, excuse my language, Pastor. You know, I'm trying. The Lord's still working on me. He ain't, th- he ain't through with me yet. And they said, boy, they come with all types of stuff when, when they realize that. That's why I, I don't like telling people I'm a pastor at first. I just let them talk. And, uh, but, but the truth is, is what is, what is that doing? For them, that's a healthy conversation. You need to be around people that challenge you to grow. When you get around circles of people that you, that you say, oh, I need to watch what I say around them people, that's who you need to be with. If you're that person that says, I need to watch what I say, those are the type of people you need to be around. People that challenge you to grow. And I have a group of people, I'm always looking for people that could challenge me to grow. There's always something new that you can learn. Always something new. There's, some, there's always something new. I was hanging out with, with Fong. I, I didn't know he didn't expect me to say this, but I was hanging out with him this week, and he was telling me about his story. And guess what? I learned something new about him. And that was a healthy conversation. Just hanging out, having conversations. You never know what you, there's some people that you might have an interest in. You're like, that person always sparks my interest. I don't know what it is about them. And not in a romantic way, just, you know, just there's some people that like they intrigue you. Sometimes you just need to, can we just hang out and just have a conversation to see? Because that could be God drawing you to them, but also it could be the enemy too, so you got to watch out. <laughs> but healthy conversations. Y'all catching what I'm saying? Y'all need a community around you that is going to encourage you in your conversations. John 10, verse 10 says this, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A part of that, I believe, is having a healthy community. You get you a healthy community, that scripture will be more real to you. You get you some snakes in the grass around you as friends, that, that verse right there, boy, that first part will be what you realize. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what your life will always feel like. Get you around some healthy community. Amen? Healthy community. This is how we win the battle. When we get in healthy community, we win in the battle. We're consistent in these things. This is a big one. And this is the one that trips everybody up. This is a big one. Y'all ready for it? I want y'all to write this down because this is a big one. When, I, when y'all hear the words, y'all going to say, ooh, this is it. Y'all ready online? It's a big one. Making changes. I told you, we don't like change. We don't like making change. We talked about it last week. We want to be comfortable. We want to be comfortable. But if you want to be consistent, you have to be consistent in making changes. Making changes help you walk in truth. When you begin to walk in wisdom and truth, it naturally brings about a change. Think about when you first got serious with the Lord. Things changed in your life, didn't they? They changed drastically. I know in my life, my life, man, it in one day, it changed drastically. But when you begin to make changes in your life and you walk towards truth and, and wisdom and those things, it naturally brings a change about you. It brings a change to the things that you desire. It brings a change about the conversations that you have. It brings a, co- a change about the things that you listen to or the things that you watch, the places that you go. It naturally brings a change. But the thing is, you have to be consistent in making those changes. You can't just get to the point where you say, oh, I've reached a level of freedom that I don't get. I'm good. No. There's always new levels of freedom. If you, ever, if you, From the day that we die, from every moment that we on earth, there is always new levels of freedom in the Lord that we all have to aspire to. And we all have to keep pressing forward to. But the only way that we can do that is we have to constantly and be consistent in making changes. 
What does that mean? That means as soon as the Lord points something out to you, maybe it's something in the message that you heard today that the Lord is pointing out. Whatever that is, be consistent and be quick to make the change in that area. Don't delay. Because the longer you delay, the harder it is going to be to change because you can talk yourself out of it. Now you're back in your thoughts. Y'all see how the enemy works? Everything that I'm saying, the enemy is going to say something to contradict what I'm talking about right now because he doesn't want you to be free and he doesn't want your freedom. So I guarantee you, you can come up with every excuse there is in the world to not make a change. Well, you know, the friends, they're not that bad. I, I've been with them my whole life, and we grew up together. And, hey, they're friends that I feel like these are my brothers. I still love them. There's nothing changed. But the thing is, our relationships are different now, and I'm not just hanging out with them to hang out with them. If I hang out with them, it's to help them draw closer to God in some way, form, meaning that I'm leading them. They're not leading me anymore. There have to be things that we change in our lives. And I want to read this last verse, and I'm going to close with this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 through 25. It says, wisdom shouts in the streets. It says, wisdom shouts. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls out to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, I love when the Bible uses simpletons. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Those are some strong words. Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. Verse 25, you ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. What is that? Wisdom is crying out in the streets. You know why the reason that wisdom seems so difficult for people to grasp sometimes? is because they don't want to apply it. Things become complicated and difficult when you don't apply it. That's why it says wisdom is shouting in the streets. It's shouting because not everybody wants to hear it. It says you reject my correction. When you begin to reject correction, following wisdom, it seems like it's hard. Oh, y'all want me to change so much. I got to change my friends. I got to. What is that? That's rejecting wisdom. When you receive wisdom and you apply it, guess what? It may seem difficult at the at beginning, but guess what? It protects your freedom and your future when you apply wisdom. So that's why you can't delay. You have to instantly make those changes. Because I'm telling you, the longer you wait to make changes, the easier it is for you to get in your thoughts or let somebody else in some conversations come in and change your thoughts of what you know God spoke to you and you didn't talk yourself out of it. Why? Because you didn't apply wisdom. The enemy, he's after your God encounters, and the way he does that is this. He goes after your thoughts and your conversations. He wants to destroy your thoughts and conversations because he's after your freedom and your future. Don't let the enemy take your freedom and your future. Your freedom and your future. You control that, not the enemy. You know how you control that? Thoughts and conversations. Thoughts and conversations. Amen? Amen. I'm done. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. This morning, <clears throat> as soon as I'm saying these words right now, just know there's going to be some toxic 
information coming your way after you've heard that word. Because the enemy, he knows you know the truth, and he's after the truth. So be prepared. Don't say, Pastor, wish attacks on me. I'm not wishing attacks on you. I just know how the enemy fights, and he don't fight fair. Just be on guard and identify and expose those thoughts and those conversations when they come your way, and you, you keep your eyes fixed on the truth. Amen? Amen. Before we close, I just want to give an opportunity uh, for those that, man, this, we're talking about thoughts and conversations, but I want to talk about our thoughts and conversations with Jesus. How's that going for us? How's those thoughts and conversations with your relationship with Jesus going? Have you been consistent in your time with him? If you're watching online, how has your conversations with the Lord been? Have you been consistent with those? Have you been having healthy community and all these things that we talked about? But, man, I just want to give an opportunity today for you watching online or if you're in a room and you say, man, I, my thoughts and conversations toward the Lord hadn't been what they should be. Matter of fact, I can't even remember the last time I talked to the Lord or I prayed. And I just want to come back and write relationship with the Lord or maybe one time you followed the Lord and you want to come back to him. I just want you to just to say this quick prayer with me. But before we do that, I just want everyone just to bow their head and close their eyes and no one looking around. I just thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the room, that you're speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're beginning to show us things in our lives, Lord, the areas in our heart that we've allowed toxic information or things to detract us away from the God experiences that we've had in you. There's so many times, Lord, that we can look back and you spoke to us, you touched us, you healed us, you moved in our heart, and we, we neglected it and let that go away. Go away. But I thank you in this moment that you're drawing us back to you, Lord. I thank you that you're giving us a hunger and a desire for true God encounters with you. And if you're watching online or if you're in a room and you say, man, I, I just want to come back to, to a right relationship with the Lord, or I, 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 I desperately need that, or maybe you said I followed the Lord at one point, but I strayed away and I want to come back to the Lord. Either or, if that's you, you want to come to the Lord, or you followed the Lord and you want to come back to him, with no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hands right now. And I just want to, just between you and God, just lift your hand. If you're online, this is between you and God as well. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to do this one thing. I want to ask everyone in the room just to place your hand on your heart. Just place your hand on your heart. I want everyone just to repeat this after me. You're watching online, you place your hand over your heart, you repeat this as well. Say, Lord Jesus. Here I am, saying, have your way. Lord, I repent of all sin, and I lay down my life to you today. Jesus, I love you. I honor you, and help me to be consistent in my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. And if you're in the room and you made that decision to follow God God in the seat back in front of you. There's a card that says, uh, let's connect. Fill out that card, and on the back of it, is, it says, I made a decision. Fill that out, and when we have offering, you could drop that in the bucket. But if you're watching online and you made a decision to follow God, let us know in the comment section. We'd love to reach out to you throughout the week. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that 
gave their life to the Lord. And man, before we go for our online audience, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you're watching online this Saturday, September, uh, September, I said it again, April 24th, Saturday, <laughs> April 24th at 9 a.m. We have our Freedom Weekend. Freedom Weekend is $10 per person, $15 per couple, and $5 per child. It's from 9 to 4 p.m. I promise you, you don't want to miss that this Saturday, April 24th, 9 to 4 here at the church. Uh, we have a an event page where you can go and get more information on that. But we love to see you there. And if you are prepared to give, if you're watching online, you can give online at our website at newlifemobile.org, or you can give on our app as well. We love you guys. Hope to see you this Saturday for our Freedom Encounter, but also Wednesday for prayer as well. Come on, y'all give our online audience a hand clap as they're dismissed.